This show is produced by Sharebird, the knowledge sharing platform for the fastest growing teams. It's the place to get on-demand answers to your questions and learn from leaders at the top of their field. Want more advice and insights? Check out sharebird.com. Shout out to our sponsor, Clue. That is Clue with a K, the leading competitive enablement platform for product marketers who drive revenue for their business. Clue helps you collect, curate, and distribute competitive insights to enable sales and revenue teams to win more deals. Share real-time insights across your organization with Clue's dynamic battle cards delivered everywhere where sales reps live and allow them to contribute insights directly from the field its competitive strategy as a key lever of revenue. Elevate your role and outmaneuver, outplay, and outmatch the competition with Clue. Welcome back to season four of the Product Marketing Experts podcast. Today, I am so excited to have Kristen Brophy with me, the Senior Director of Marketing at the NBA. Welcome to the podcast, Kristen. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your current role at the NBA? Hi, Jeff. Nice to meet you. Nice to see you. I lead product marketing for our direct-to-consumer business at the NBA. That includes marketing the NBA app, our NBA streaming service called League Pass, and new innovations that will hit the market over the next few seasons. So maybe the next time I'm on this podcast, I can talk about those too. That would be awesome. Certainly the 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 NBA has had some exciting seasons recently, and and as a basketball fan myself, I have to ask, what did you think of this past season and the finals that just recently finished up? Um, at the risk of taking up this entire podcast with <laughs> <laughs> my thoughts on the last season, there were three things that stood out to me about this season. The first is that um, it was our 75th season. And so our our organization really came together to celebrate that 75th season. And our marketing team worked so hard to bring that to life. I remember I went to the all-star tournament in the middle of the season in February, and we brought the 75 greatest NBA legends together. And they were all standing together on the court. And it was just this incredibly legendary moment. So that was a really big highlight. I mean, when I look at the season too, people, the players shot the lights out this season. It was incredible. This season, there were 19 players who scored over 50 points. Sorry, there were 19 games that were 50 plus point games by 14 different players. And that was a record breaking season. So the, the shooting is just getting so incredible and so fun to watch. And then, you know, in the, in the later parts of the season, watching Steph and Ja go head to head in the playoffs was incredible and so dynamic. Um, and I also got the opportunity to go to the finals and they were extremely electric. Being there was this moment of pause for me because I was so grateful that we were back in the arena and experiencing basketball again in, in the best way. So it was an amazing season to watch, it was an amazing season to be a part of and a great reason to be at the NBA. For sure. Definitely a great time to, to be at the NBA. I can only imagine how electric it was in the stadiums for the finals. It was truly an incredible series. I watched every game as, as a Boston fan myself. I have to uh, give credit to the Warriors, though. They played an incredible series, and it was it was a fun one to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. 
if we back up just a maybe a step or two before your your time at the NBA, you've really worked at some incredible organizations and uh, Uber, Square, et cetera. So how do you think about product marketing teams? How do you think about structuring them? How do you think about organizing them to ensure that as as Darmesh from HubSpot would like to say that you know people's vectors, so to speak, are aligned, so you're all rowing in the same direction. Yeah, I mean that's an that's an excellent point and exactly where I would start. I think with the product marketing function, it's a nascent function in general. Um, and so usually in the organizations that I've been at and ones that my peers and colleagues have been at, they have to first start with buy-in. And I think before you think about growing, scaling, structuring, you really have to make sure that your peers and leaders understand the value of the function. And some of the ways I've seen people, myself included, get success with that buy-in is first clearly defining what you and your team's contribution will be. And ideally that maps to what the overall either product team or business team's goals are and showing your colleagues and your teams how you're going to deliver against those goals. And so, you know, there's a few ways you can do that. Um, Obviously it's putting it on paper, but there's a lot of um, road showing, you know, getting teams bought into your plan, getting teams bought into your goals and your priorities and the outcomes you want to drive. So, it starts with buy-in. And then I think the next step is how do you grow? Um, and I think one approach to growing and scaling product marketing is again, going back to what the business needs. So just a small example is if the business you're at is investing in building multiple products, you might start to scale your team against those domains for what your, what your business is investing in from a product perspective. If your business is in launch mode, you might start to think about growing your team around a go-to-market function rather than so much of an inbound function, um, or maybe it's both. And then you, you know, there's another example where your company is a mature organization. Your product marketing function that you're introducing to the organization—that's a whole different approach. So it's really understanding what your business is doing, what's it, what it is investing in, where's it going, um, and what your product team is doing. So. I think about that mapping really closely to the business and product teams. And then the last part is structure. And that should obviously come from where your business is investing and growing too. Um, And I think the structure of a product marketing team is really unique to every business. So I don't have a golden ticket structure that I would recommend at all. I think it's really, really about listening to what business metrics your team is signing up for and how your product marketing team can support them. Um, and so one, one piece of advice is that I found that structuring roles and responsibilities around key outcomes for the business can be a really successful way to do that. But in other instances, I've structured teams around jobs to be done for the customer. And other times I've structured, structured product marketing teams directly as a one-to-one map against product or vertical areas. And so I think it's really about talking to your organization, talking to your leaders, talking to your peers and understanding where product marketing can add the most value. I love that, and and I think you're you're, you're so uh, spot on there. With you know, product marketing needs to, of course, tie into core business metrics and the value that we are providing to our organization. Have you found that in the organizations you've been a part of, whether it's been you know any of the pre- previous organizations or maybe the NBA, that uh, structure or, or organization or focus has changed over time as your team has grown? One thing I've certainly seen is 
as an organization, as, as a product marketing team and, and the teams around product marketing, the product, the sales team, the marketing team overall, et cetera, uh, tend to grow. That, that focus does tend to shift and that structure naturally, of course, has to change. That goes without saying, but I'm curious, like how you think about that. Yeah. I, it certainly has changed since I've been at, even at the MBA as an example, you know, when I, when I first arrived, the MBA was doing a lot of new, exciting innovations in the space. You know, the MBA for a long time has been, um, you've been able to watch basketball games and that's what that, that the league has really been about. It's an association. And now, as we start to think about really meeting customers where they are, we have to build a direct to consumer portfolio. And so we've been really making huge leaps and bounds and innovating with our NBA app, with our streaming business, League Pass. And so, you know, that product marketing muscle looks really different as you're shifting and introducing and changing products. And so, you know, in the beginning, we really focused on what I call, you know, inbound strategic marketing. How do we listen to fans? How do we listen to the market? And how do we provide those insights to our product teams to influence their roadmap, to make sure that what they build is something we can bring to market and fans will be excited about. So we've we really structured early on around that listening and that strategic roadmap evolution. You know, but then when you have those products ready to go and they're ready to be launched, we've really then started to shift and focus on, well, how do we tell stories around these products? How do we position them? How do we name them? How do we think about bringing to market? And how do we work with our channel partners on CRM, on performance marketing to tell that story? How do we work with our creative teams to make sure that we're translating those customer insights that we use to evolve the product roadmap and to support it? How do we use those learnings now to turn those things into stories and to make creative choices in our advertorial spots um, and, you know, in any of our other advertising? So that's, you know, how our, our team has shifted priorities and has, has shifted the work that we do. But, you know, ideally, our organization and our structure is not shifting, just our focus and our priorities. So, you know, I, I'd say... Ideally, when you have a structure that's focused today, for example, at the MBA, we're very domain focused. You know, we map pretty closely to the verticals of our business and then how product teams are structured against those verticals. Um, so we haven't luckily needed to shift our organizational structure, just our priorities and our focus. And so that's not always the case. And, you know, you kind of have to be flexible. So that's how we've thought a little bit about moving with the direction of the tide. I love that. And I think that cross-functional alignment is, is critically important. How do you ensure that your goals and objectives stay focused as there are more people, more stakeholders for you at the NBA or, or, or even in your prior roles have to you know naturally uh, kind of serve and, and help? There are three ways that I think you can maintain strategic alignment with your cross-functional partners. And it's kind of linear. The first is making sure that if you are a product marketing leader, you have worked with your cross-functional partners on product, on the business teams to set out your vision. And that vision should be heavily informed by either your, in a, well, at the MBA, for example, should be heavily informed by what your customers want. And it should also be heavily informed by what you can do um, and what you will do. And then also, uh, you know, if, if you're at a revenue generating business, hopefully you are by your economic model. And so, you know, sort of triangulating the business, the customer, 
and um, the resourcing. And so ha having that vision. And then the second is how, how do you accomplish that vision? Um, and that's really about your priorities and your goals. And so establishing what your product marketing contribution will be to those goals, establishing holding hands with your product partners and your business partners on what those goals will be. Because you can put any process on paper, but if you don't start with shared goals, I've found that you can run in a lot of your, your cross-functional partners and teams can run in a lot of different directions. So those shared goals are really important and everyone signing up for how they contribute to their those shared goals. And then your process falls out of that vision and that goal setting. And so one thing we've done at the MBA is work closely with our product teams to define what our product life cycle looks like. What is phase one? What's the RFP? What's phase two? How do we develop design sprints? And where do you bring product marketing into those things? How is the product starting to get designed? What does it look like? And then phase four, working with your teams to bring it to market. And so we've defined you know, key roles and responsibilities and inclusion points for product marketing all along the way. And so that's the process part. And that's the operator part that you really have to define, but you can't start there. Agree. Yeah. That scaling piece obviously needs to start with, with a, a solid foundation. And, and that work is, is critically important to whether you're a well-established organization like the NBA or, or whether you're, you know, a brand net new startup, um, uh, so to speak. So you talked a little bit in your, your previous answer about your team at the NBA, but I, I think the the guests of this podcast would probably uh, beat down my door if I didn't ask you, how is your team at the NBA truly organized? How, how do you think about organizing your own team to reach viewers and, and reach net new subscribers? Today, we're very closely aligned to our lines of business within our direct-to-consumer portfolio. So we've got product marketing, thinking about the core experience. We have a NBA.com, which is our website. Um, we have the NBA app. Um, we have, like I said, our, our lead pass, which is our streaming business, and we've got some other emerging innovations. And then of course we've got our content. So, you know, the NBA produces a lot more content than just live basketball. We've got archives of all of the classic games from the start of TV. We've got shows that we produce. And so a lot of what we do is think about how, you know, we get more viewers overall to tune into those pieces of content in addition to the live game. Uh, so that's how our team is organized today and how we think about supporting the business across those key areas. So thank you for that, Kristen. But like, how do you think about, especially in the early, earlier stages, alignment with leadership is so crucial, right? In, in order to set that framework, that, that foundation that you talked about. So how do you think about maybe first starting to align with other leaders across the business and uh, triangulating that, that position that you, that you talked a little bit about? I think it starts, you know, we talk, I've talked a lot about goals and priorities. Um, and I think that those are really important, but what I tend to find is it can be more powerful when you start with outcomes you want to drive for the business. And so that's been a big shift for me. You know, I used to set priorities like business goals, you know, I want to grow the business by 10 X, but sometimes that can be one step too tactical. So I've started with outcomes. So one thing I've said at the NBA, for example, is that I want us to be the most beloved streaming service in sports. That's the outcome. You know, one, another thing I've said is I want people to use the NBA app every day. That's the outcome. We, we can define business goals from there. And so I think aligning and, and reframing priorities as outcomes rather than adjectives 
um, is a really, really helpful place to start with leaders. And then, you know, how do you get to outcomes and how do you get to vision? And what is product marketing role in that definition? And there are a few unique ways that I think product marketing can add value in those early stages of defining strategic priorities or visions. One is, you know, customer research. I cannot stress enough how often and yeah, how frequently and how often you need to speak to customers. We, you know, we, you should be listening to them every day. If you can, it should be a fundamental part of what you do because you're representing that customer and you're their mouthpiece. So customer research, market research, understanding what competitors might be doing, understanding what, how the market might be shifting at a macro level and not just like an individual customer level, developing segments and then developing personas on those segments. You know, I think one thing is talking to customers. Another is understanding who you're talking to. Uh, A person in the Gen Z audience segment is going to be very different from somebody who's a little bit older. A person who lives in one area might be different from a, a, you know, a different city, especially if you're dealing with fans. (laughs) And so segmenting your customers and understanding who they are as people And in addition to doing that customer research, really helpful. And that's a really helpful thing you can share with your product teams and your business teams. Competitive analysis, you know, I talked about that and understanding what your competitors are doing. That doesn't mean following. It doesn't mean doing whatever they do. It just is understanding the landscape and where you're uniquely positioned to play versus your competitors. Um, And so those are some of the inputs that I start to infuse into those discussions. And I think that you end up you know, you end up really being able to contribute in a unique way to strategic recommendations. And then, and I think the last thing I would say is, you know, as you, as you become a more senior product marketer in these conversations, it's less about information. It's almost even less about insights. It's about insight driven recommendations. And that's, I think for product marketers who are starting to really come into stride, that's the mindset shift. You know, um, it's not just, here's the data here's the information. It's how do I take this information, turn it into insights and make strategic recommendations for the business. So those are the types of things like finding those key moments to add something to the conversation and to add something to the strategy that I think will set you apart. I love that. That is uh, phenomenal advice on for any anybody listening to, to, to this on not only how do you think about your respective team, but I would argue also your own respective career too, right? And yeah. and thinking about uh, to your point as you as you grow, how do you take the information that you have available to you and make re- recommendations, build alignment, build relationships? So I want to ask one more one question based off what you just mentioned because I I think it's just really fascinating and and a, and a great way to think about growing your own career. Uh, how do you think about as you build your teams and the individuals on your teams, how do you think about equipping them uh, to use those insights and and to develop themselves to be more cross-functional as as they become more senior in their own respective careers? That is a wonderful question. There are a few ways I think about equipping my team. The first is being very clear about, like I said, the outcomes I want our team to drive. And based on those outcomes, we together define our our shared vision. And that for us shows up as as, uh, half yearly strategies. Those strategies have a lot of components, but one particular component that I think is relevant to your question is our learning agenda. 
And so there's a lot of work that we want to get done, but there's a lot of learning we need to do that will inform that work. And so early on in our plans, we have learning agendas where we say, here are the key things that we need to understand from customers to inform our strategy. And, you know, luckily at the NBA, we're a very well-resourced organization. And so we work with our, uh, what we call our insights team to execute that research. Um, And so we're very upfront with them about what's coming up on our horizon. So they can, they can also plan for what kind of um, research we need to do. So one of them is, is learning agendas. And I found those to be really helpful. And those are learning agendas that happen at the qualitative level, where we talk about the the market research we want to do and talking to customers that could be focus groups. It could be quantitative surveys, but there's also the learning agendas with experimentation once we're in market with product and feature launches. So can we learn by testing? Um, and that tends to be a more quantitative approach too. But those learning agendas map to our goals and priorities um, and what we want to accomplish in half. So uh, the learning agendas can be both at the top you know, can inform the early strategy and also can be a result of listening to the market and learning if your strategic choices and your marketing creative or product launches are successful. So that's one way we think about equipping ourselves with with information. And then the second is, uh, you know, more of the people management side of things. Like, for example, I have uh, monthly personal and professional development conversations with my with my team. And those are really about understanding them and where they want to learn and grow and how we can, you know, continue to build their insight strategies and continue to build their ability to listen to customers and anything else that they, that they might want to work on. So one of them is, you know, really making sure you're there listening to your team and working with them in those areas. The last area, although certainly not last overall, just the last one I can think of (laughs) is, uh, is a framework um, that I call our, our our creative brief or a marketing brief. And so it's one thing to develop insights and that's great. But the second piece of our work is to figure out how to apply those insights. And so, you know, every marketer on, on who's listening, hopefully it's more than you and I, <laughs> are uh, are responsible for turning insights into briefs. And um, I have a framework for briefs that I find is really helpful. And it's kind of triangulating what's the insight Um, what's the product magic that you have, or what's the business magic that you're providing to customers. And from those two things, how do you turn it into great positioning for a feature that you're going to launch a product that you're going to launch a new program that you might launch. So the real magic of product marketing is taking those insights and figuring out how to apply them in whatever framework works for you. (laughs) And so, you know, those are three ways where I think about helping your teams take insights, develop them, and then apply them, which is a really critical piece of what we do. That's amazing. And, and uh, I, I love, uh, and I, I can't overstate that, I, I love the fact that you've incorporated kind of a learning agenda into your strategy. I think all, all too many times, especially in you know other product marketers I've talked to, and as they develop their own strategies and their own organizations, there's this net new pressure to have everything figured out and to know, you know, every single thing about the business and for the strategy to dictate, you know, a number of tactics, which certainly does need to happen at, at, at a certain level. But, uh, but I, I love the fact that you're, you've uh, reinforced continuous learning as a part of your strategy. There's been other ways that we've, uh, I've worked at other companies um, where we've also had continuous learning programs. And so, for example, at Uber, we had a weekly 
session with customers and we were cycling through customers every single week talking to them and learning about them and hearing from them, especially in the middle of the pandemic. You know, that was such a massive behavioral shift for so many of us. Um, it was an emotional shift and customer behavior changed so massively. And so in those, you know, th this is obviously a very extreme example, but when that happens, we really had to go respond and listen. That consumer behavioral shift deeply impacted our customer base. So I would say we carved out weekly sessions and we were just cycling through customers. And that was a really great way to talk to a lot of people at scale in a really efficient institutionalized way in our organization and very programmatized. That's a word. And so it was programmatic. That's what I, <laughs> it's programmatic. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's another thing to think about. Like luckily we're also well-resourced at Uber and we had an insights team, but if you're a product marketer at a startup, is there a way where you can create a customer council? Can you create just a weekly customer conversation that your product teams can come to, your engineers can come to, your business teams can come to, and it's just a part of your organization's fabric. And it, you know, it scales really well in that sense too, because you're not talking to one customer, you're talking to maybe six at a time and just having those be part of what you're, what you're doing. And so there are other ways besides running quantitative surveys, running really heavy focus groups. You can do those things if, even if you're a startup, just getting customers to come in virtually in person, if, if that's something that works for your organization and talking to them at the NBA, every time I go to a game, I'm like, Hey, what do you think of this game? <laughs> hey, have you used the NBA app? What's going on? And you can so, get real-time feedback. <laughs> but uh, so I am always trying to talk to customers is, is what I'm trying to say. That, and that, that and is... hopefully not in a great way. <laughs> and that is the best strategy uh, there there is. Ultimately, at the end of the day, uh, you know, we as product marketers need to need to align everything we're doing to to uh, to, to the market and and our customers. So that is uh, that is uh, worth its weight in gold, so to speak. Well, thank you so much for for coming on the podcast, Kristen. I, I really do appreciate it. Any final words that you want to want to share on how to structure a team, how you think about it, any final wisdom that you have for for listeners or anywhere that uh, folks can find the the content that you or the NBA are publishing? Yeah, uh, my final thoughts for product marketers are just that it's a really incredible role to have in the organization. I love product marketing because it's such a diverse role. Every day I'm talking to different uh, thinkers and different leaders and different peers who are quantitative thinkers and who are building products are creative and designers. And so I just love how many types of conversations I have throughout the day. I love how cross-functional this role is. And it's not an easy one. You know, there, this is not as clearly defined as a role as many others across a business. And so I just want to say that I recognize there's a lot of self-definition that goes into the role and coming into an organization and figuring out where your team fits. And that's not easy, but it's incredibly rewarding when you can find that opportunity to add and contribute unique, unique value, which I know product marketing does, but um, I'm glad, I'm so grateful to Sharebird and these, these new resources for product marketers, because now we have the opportunity to hear from each other and learn from each other, which is so important in really strategic roles really nascent roles. You know, it's, it's great to be able to learn from each other and talk about this and navigate it together. So thank you to this organization for giving us a platform.
I appreciate your time and, and thank you so much for being with us. Jeff, thank you so much for the great questions and the great discussion. This show is produced by Sherwood, the knowledge sharing platform for the fastest growing teams. It's the place to get on-demand answers to your questions and learn from leaders at the top of their field. Want more advice and insights? Check out sharebird.com.